This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, today on the podcast, I'm talking to Anna Hennyback. Anna is an e-commerce consultant working with SMEs to sell more online with 15 years industry experience from Net-A-Porter and H&M. So we talked specifically today about e-commerce stores. You might recall we had an episode a little while ago talking about websites. Um, so this is actually a little bit more than that. We're talking today more about stores and the functionality of a, of a store that's designed to sell products, um, what that needs to look like, what features it needs to have, and some great tips to increase conversions to your site, as well as... Um, and I had a fantastic tip I never would even would have thought of about how to keep your site updated and relevant that was that's actually so simple and um, something I would never have even considered doing. So listen in for that. Um, and so now I would love to introduce you to Anna. So hi, Anna. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Vicky. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So can we start, please, by you giving us an introduction to yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Anna Hennebach. Um, I'm an e-commerce consultant um, and I help um, small to medium-sized businesses to sell more online. And I do that by um, creating, optimising and managing e-commerce websites. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so let's let's start, um, Anna, with, so is, um, do you think it's vital to, to use, to have an actual e-commerce site if you're selling products or, you know, or can you sort of add a payment option to an existing site what do you think makes the most sense if you're if you're someone you're listening to this and you're thinking oh I'm, I'm about to start selling products and I just don't know where to start um so I think that that really um depends on if you're a if you're a new business and you know that your business is selling products um, and you want to sell products through your website then I think it really makes sense to have an e-commerce website from the outset um because they are set up to um, they're designed and built in order to be able to sell products. That's their kind of their sole purpose. Um, otherwise, um, if you have if you already have a website and you have you have a services business and um, and you decide that you want to sell products as well, then it makes that's the time where it makes sense to to add a um, a payment method to your site and be able to to sell products from your site. Um, but I would say that if your business is primarily a product business and you want to sell products, then then yeah, you need the e-commerce functionality. It, it, yeah. 
Okay, Anna, thank you. So I've invited you on today to talk about e-commerce sites because I know that's what your expertise is in. So um, let's start with, if you're starting um, business from scratch, selling products, what are some really good e-commerce site options that you can be thinking about? Um, so um, there's quite a wide range of um, e-commerce website providers out there. Um, I um, My favourite one is Shopify because I think that that has, um, has really got everything that you need to be able to sell products on a site. Um, they are built um, and designed um, to sell products and nothing else. They don't have any other, uh, other function, really. Um, you wouldn't use Shopify if you were just setting up a, a services-based website or an informational website at all. So that's really all they're geared up to do. Um, there are there are others um, out there as well. Um, so, for example, you've got Big Commerce, um, and you've got a couple of other other options. But I think that um, I think Shopify is the one um, that I tend to recommend because I think it's got everything um, that you need. Um, there are other options as well. So you um, any you can add um, payment functionality and um, and selling functionality to any website. So, for example, WordPress, you can um, add WooCommerce. Um, Squarespace and Wix website builders such as um, like those also have uh, you can also now sell through those websites as well um, but I tend to tend to find that um, they end up being websites with the ability to accept sales rather than being a, um, a store uh, with the functionality to sell um, online so it has a website on the front um, no, I know exactly what you mean. I use Shopify myself actually for my own store, and I remember so when I when I started out, it was really easy to set up. And I also quite like the peace of mind that it was an e-commerce piece of software, and that it would do all the things I needed it to do. So I didn't even have to really think about what I needed it to do because that backend stuff was taken care of. Exactly, exactly. It's got. I mean, it, it's not just a website that you're that you need. What you need is an online store. So you need all of the backend functionality. So like stock management and order management and customer management and um, sending out emails to you know transactional emails to say thank you for your order and and, and shipping confirmations and all of this kind of thing. I, I think that um, sometimes I think that Shopify can be slightly underrated, especially by. Um, designers and developers um because because it has they don't really see that side of um of, of things um, they're more focused on the front-end website and um and um the, the downside of shopify is that the website functionality is it is slightly limited like compared to something like wordpress where you can design um absolutely anything that you want to um you have like effectively a blank, a blank slate whereas um shopify has it has a more limited capacity but I think that's quite a good thing because you don't necessarily want to be reinventing the wheel every time. Um, there are certain things that you need to need to have in your e-commerce store and, and those are all going to be there. Um, and then the, the, you don't necessarily want to have um, a website that's completely, you know, out there <laughs> that nobody yeah. really understands how to use. I see what you mean. And actually, I do. I mean, in my experience with Shopify, you can still make a site that looks really nice. Um, mm. I think it is obviously because of the way it's set up. It, you haven't got loads of flexibility, but you can still have something that looks really nice and really professional. And I guess that's, the, you know, that's one of the most important things as well as obviously you know maybe being branded etc but I think the fact that it looks professional and it works is probably a good start yeah yeah absolutely yeah I agree uh, particularly if you're just starting out um really what you need is something that works um 
Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on something really interesting there that I hadn't actually thought of was that you don't, it's not a website. Well, it is a website, but it's not a website you need. It's a, it's a store. And um, mm. I thought that was really interesting. So would you mind just talking us through, um, you were talking about the fact that Shopify obviously does everything you need. So what are some of those features that you need on an e-commerce store versus a, a website? Yeah, so um, there are things like, so obviously you need to be able to accept payments. Um, you need to have a secure checkout and you need to be able to connect payment gateways. Um, and so you, so accepting payments is one thing. Um, there are um, a number of like security um, issues that you need to think about. So um, as well as the secure payment gateways, also you need to have an SSL certificate, um, which is where you have the HTTPS at the beginning of your website instead of HTTP. Um, that's now a requirement. Um, you need to have um, another really, another thing that Shopify does out of the box is um, that they have um, a mobile responsive site. So you know that anything you create um, in Shopify is going to look good on both desktop and mobile. And that's really, really important these days because um, mo most, um, most of your customers in all likelihood are going to be um, browsing your site on mobile. So actually your mobile site is even more important than your, your desktop site. Um, because that's where your customer is going to be. And, and there are a few other legal things that you need as well, like um, you, need to have, um, you need to have a refund policy, um, you need to have terms of service, you need to, to set out how you're going to be, um, how you operate the site and, you know, um, and, and billing. Um, and then you need to have, a, there's an, and then you need to have a, um, the, uh, a, a super annoying EU cookie pop-up bar as well. <laughs> And are those um, features, are they things like the policies and the cookies and are they things that are built into the e-commerce site or things that you have to go away and create yourself? So if you're using Shopify, they're all included, um, especially if you're using the new functionality, the, the, the pop-up bar, the cookie pop-up hasn't um, been included um, in the old functionality, but Shopify have just released um, some new functionality called Online Store 2.0. Um, which has got loads more features and that's that, that's included there um, if you're using um, a website builder like if you well if you're using wordpress then you can um, enable woocommerce which will do a lot of these things for you um, and if you're using one of the website builders then um, then a lot of these things will be included but possibly not everything so perfect thank you and I, I suppose even if you're using Shopify and it's sort of generating these policies for you it's still probably a good idea to have a read through and just make sure they do reflect you know what you're happy with like the returns policy for example I'm sure they provide a template but yeah. um, it's always probably good to review yourself isn't it Abs yeah absolutely um yeah with the refund policy um, in particular they, they will provide something standard but you might not want to do exactly the same thing as they are offering as, as they have on their template so you can really decide um like if you if you want to offer 30 days a standard or if you want to offer something else um or if you um if there are certain product exceptions for example for example um so so yeah it's always best to to take this template but adapt it for your own needs that's perfect. Thank you. And you may or may not like know this that much. I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot, but is 30 days the minimum that you can offer? I think that might be right, but do you know? Um, I I don't think that it, I, it used to be. It did used to be, but I don't think that it is anymore. And it also depends on different countries. Um, so I believe in the UK, um, it's it's not a legal requirement that it must be 30 days um, anymore. 
Okay, well, that's definitely something someone can go and check when they're writing their their policy. It's probably just good to be aware of that. Um, so that we've talked about the features that an e-commerce website definitely needs, um, but then you touched on a few other things earlier that I guess might be considered things that are, are nice to have. So you were talking about, you know, emails updating the customer on their order status, for example. So can you talk through some of those additional things that people might want to, you know, they might not be necessary, but people might want to think about including on their site? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. So um, there's, yeah, there's a number of things that I think would be classed as nice to have, or certainly don't come as standard. Build trust on your website is, um, I would say, um, almost, um, it's, it's, very, it's nice to have, but it's almost essential. So um, adding uh, reviews from customers, customers that have bought your products, like your products, um, having those on the site can, can really um, help to build trust. And, and I'm not just talking about testimonials where you have a few people giving glowing reviews, but also um, having, having the customer review, the reviews functionality on all of your products can really help to, um, to build trust. Um, and also you can um, have user-generated content um, as another form of what we call social proof. And that is where you get people to, to use your products. And um, you can, so for example, you can have an Instagram feed where you've got real people using your products and, uh, and ideally raving about them. That will, that will really help. That sounds um, great. And of course, you can link to that from your website as well. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, and then there's other um, there's a few other things that I would say are, are really good to have. So anything that will... Um, so any sort of marketing functions, so um, like being able to, you need to connect your, your email, um, maybe having a blog um, to, to bring in um, organic traffic, social media, adding sales channels such as Google, Facebook, Pinterest, anything that gets your products to a wider audience. And then um, on top of that, if you've got any sort of retargeting um, functionality, so for example, um, abandoned cart emails are really good for that. Um, and uh, things like um, if you have reviews functionality that will email your customers um, a couple of weeks after they've received their product and then ask for a review then that's a good way of um, getting getting your customers to return to your website because if they return to your website to leave the reviews and they might also be browsing and finding something else that they um, that they like so it's a good way of of getting people to return um, and then also um, one really important thing is to connect some analytics functionality like Google Analytics, because um, that will help you to um, measure and monitor your, um, your success. Um, it, you'll be able to see, it, it just gives you an extra layer of information on top of your, your sales um, data that you would be getting anyway. So you can see um, really how your site's performing and how people are finding you and where they're where they're landing and you can see a lot more about the customer journey that way as well that's really helpful thank you and just coming back to some of the automation so sort of emailing the customer updates and abandoned checkout that all sounds really necessary but it also sounds quite you know it might sound quite complicated are these things that are built into tools such as Shopify so things that are relatively simple to set up um, so uh, some of these uh, come as standard. So the abandoned cart emails are, are set up as standard. Um, and then everything else, you can add um, an app. So go to the app store and then there's um, loads and loads of apps that you can, um, that you can, um, that will kind of do this functionality for you. Um, but you just connect in and it's quite simple to, to add them in. I say the hardest thing is actually knowing which app to go for in the first place, because there are 
quite there are so many so it's good to get a recommendation yeah I think I use might use MailChimp with my own Shopify store mm-hmm. for memory I know that when someone buys from me they do get a nice email saying thank you and then they do get an email saying it's on the way but it, it was all set up such a long time ago I'll be honest mm. I've sort of all, almost forgotten that it happens right. um okay it works well yeah so actually those transactional emails the ones to say thank you for your purchase and um and, and it's on the way and um so any any um emails that are related to an actual order those are transactional emails that come through um through Shopify um, Mailchimp will only be doing your um, your so if you're doing newsletters, if you're doing regular newsletters to your to your subscribers. Um, it will be doing newsletters and those kind of marketing emails that you will be that you're probably probably sending out. Ah, oh, perfect. Well, yeah, I mean that does prove the fact that I did set it and forget about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of those emails, I I do remember sort of all this time ago when I did it. What I do remember is sort of you know writing a nice email for thanking customers for their purchase. Do you have any advice for those sort of the transactional emails? Because I know Shopify does give you the option to personalise them. Um, do you have any tips or advice on what you can? you know on what you can include in those or you know how to make that a nice experience for the customer to get an email from you um yeah so so first of all I think it really depends on the stage of your business if you're if you're just starting out leave them as is don't worry about it they will they'll they'll you know they'll they'll fulfill your purpose I, I feel like when you're setting up a site when you're a brand new business there's so many things to to um to look at and it's quite a steep learning curve so um so I think that's something that you don't really need to, to worry about too much. I would I would say add your branding to them. I'd say that's essential. But um, but if you're just starting out, I would I'd leave leave them as is. Um, but if you're um, if you're a more established business, then you can. I've seen some um, some companies, some businesses um, tweak the copy so that it sounds a lot more um, uh, so that the copy sounds a lot more on brand. Um, and you can you know you can say you can say fun things in there and make them make them more. Um, um, make them a bit more interesting um, and the other thing is um, the subject line is really really important with email so if you're going to change anything then um, then I would go for the subject line because that's probably the thing that will make the most difference um, but I think when it comes to email probably um, I would say focus more of your efforts on your um, on your marketing emails and on your um, so that you're where you're trying to because that's where you're trying to bring in that really wide audience um, to your site. That's really good advice. Thank you. I really like the fact you said if you're starting out, don't even you know worry about this initially because you're right. There is just so much to do, isn't there, when you're first getting your site set up? So it's really nice to have permission to like leave something a bit later. Yeah, I mean. it can be a bit overwhelming I know when you're when you're first um setting one up so um so yeah yeah there are things that you can just you can just leave to start with oh that's really good to know thank you Anna um so let's talk a little bit about when you're setting your site up do you have any tips and advice I say do you I'm sure you do um (laughs) in terms of how to best present your products online do you have any advice about you know how to show them at their best yes yeah so um, so if we're so thinking about merchandising your products, um, I think the key here is relevance. So um, think about what are the most relevant for your customers at the, uh, right now. So you can look at be looking at seasonality. Um, if, we go, if we're going into winter um, and you're selling clothing, then, then people are going to be wanting they're going to be wanting coats and jumpers um, and you know and scarves and warm things. That's that's what you um, that's what you want to be presenting to your customers. 
um, um, alternatively, um, anything that's kind of newsworthy. So um, if you have some new um, lines that have come in um, or something that's been really popular and has just come back in stock, that's that's um, that's good to present to your customers. Um, or something, anything that's selling particularly well, um, that's also something that you can, that is, is kind of interesting for your customers to see. Um, and I would, um, and I would say as well that it's, um, I would say as well that it's quite important to re-merchandise your site fairly, fairly, fairly regularly. Like I would say at least for, for a small business, I think doing it at least once a month is, um, is, is, is a good idea because then you're capturing, um, you're capturing the, the differences in the seasons and you're, it's, it's a good idea to have something, something new and fresh for your customers to, for your returning customers to look at. If you have the same, the same homepage and the same sites um, all the time, um, people don't really have a reason to come back. So you want to think about getting people, yeah, getting people to be, to be returning to your customers, returning to your site to have a look um, like fairly regularly. Does that um, mean um so when you say re-merchandising, does that mean sort of just providing something new, whether that's a visual or a blog post or just something to keep the site fresh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, yeah. So just just having something, something just something new, something to hook people in. Um if you have exactly this, if you've got a product business and you've got exactly the same, um, you're presented with the same images all the time, then like, first of all, they're gonna to start to look a bit stale. And secondly, um that it's not going to hook the customers in you want to you want to get them browsing so there needs to be something that kind of piques their interest um to get them to 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 to, to continue on the site otherwise otherwise the risk is that they they see it so i've seen that before and they leave that's really interesting i've never actually thought about doing that and could that just be as simple as changing the main image on your homepage, for example i'm assuming it doesn't have to be a, a big overhaul no, exactly. That's that's a really good start is to just change the change the image on the homepage. Um, think about as well where um, yeah, I mean every every site is different. So um, most often the homepage is going to be the the most um, the the sort of the most common landing page. So yes, that's the one that I would say um, pay most attention to. But yeah, changing the image. Um, like maybe you can re rank. Um, products really easily so and um, by ranking I mean sort of sorting so you've got um, um, maybe you've got some new products at the top of the of your product lists or maybe you've got like bestsellers or just kind of changing the order of things so that it's it's just slightly different that tends to um, do well to kind of intrigue customers to to browse browse further. Thank you and what about if you only have one product at the moment which some people starting out will um, is there any advice on what you can do to keep that as a site with a single product looking fresh and, and getting people back that is a really good question um i guess the same rules kind of apply where you can kind of just mix it up a little bit maybe maybe switch up the imagery maybe kind of change around the order of things um there are other really um um, as a, so as a small business, I know that you don't necessarily have that much um, time on your hands to be going in and, and changing the, you know, updating the website all the time. Um, uh, but so there are, there are like, there are, you know, quick fixes you can do or, or little cheats that you can do to, to make it updated. One really good one is to link your Instagram feed to your store, to your site. 
um, because you're probably posting on Instagram quite regularly. If that's also on your website, that's a really good way of making of, of keeping your, your site updated so that there's something fresh on there. So you can make use of, of the content that you're already producing and just kind of move that up, uh, move that around so that that's also um, showing on the homepage of, on your site, for example. Oh, that's a great idea. So sort of pulling posts from Instagram through to your homepage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's a great tip. Thank you. That's a really nice one. Um, sorry, Anna. It's okay, go on. Um, I was going to say, ask as well, what about the actual products pages? So the, the page of all the products information um, where hopefully people are going to go and, and make the purchase. Is there, have you got any tips on how to best present your products on the page? Um, yeah, so the so first of all, you're going to need um, really good imagery um, on your on your site. So so and by good, I mean it, it needs to be really clear um, what the product is. Ideally, especially if you're selling clothing, but even if you're not taking taking lots of images from different angles, so you can see the front and the back, for example. Um, um, so really good imagery. Um, and um, and then a, a good kind of selling description is also really important. Um, so think about describing not only what the product is, but also really hooking in with a, some really good copy that will that will um, um, really good sales copy that will really sell the product. Thank you. And you may or may not be able to answer this. I completely appreciate that. But I'm, I'm just wondering if there's like an optimum length for that copy. And the reason I ask is I see a lot of sites um, sort of day to day in what I do. And some, you know, sometimes you can go to a website and there's literally like two lines of text on the products page, which um, in my opinion isn't anywhere near enough. Or oh, there's the other, you know, there's the opposite where there's sort of reams of it and you're scrolling down and there's lots of technical information. Is there a middle ground? Is there something people should be aiming for? Because I'm not I, sure either of those are quite right. <laughs> so I, I think there is a middle ground, but there isn't like I couldn't say to you that there's a, a set number of characters that you should always use in your product description. Of course. Because that's yeah. just not, you know, um, and also because every business is different. So sometimes sometimes there's a lot to get across in the product description. Um, I mean, you're, you're going to need. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe exactly what the what the kind of right length is, is going to be because I think there is a a just right kind of um, something is going to be just right, but it's going to be slightly different for different businesses. So not too short, not too long, absolutely. Um, but I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. Um, I've seen um, sites with um, with with very lengthy product descriptions um, with a really high conversion rate um, and, and equally other, other businesses with, um, with very short product descriptions with a high conversion rate. So it's, it's really hard to say. What I would say though, is um, you, can always, you can always test test it out. If, you're, if you think your conversion rate is a bit low and um, particularly in that stage from where then somebody is looking at a product page to them adding to cart, what you can do is just try different, test out different versions. So you can you can try extending the the, the, the description and see if that makes a difference. Um, it might be the thing that um, that really that really tweaks it, um, or it might not. But until you test it, you never know. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think as well, when you were talking, I was thinking, actually, it probably depends a lot on the type of product you're selling as well. Because if you're buying clothes, for example, there's only so much you need to know, you know, you want to know what it's made of, you want to know maybe a bit about the fit. Um, If there's a model, it's quite useful to know sort of, you know, how tall they are. So, you know, you get an an idea of how it will fit on you, maybe washing instructions, but you wouldn't really expect 
text if you were buying a jumper let's say would you whereas no, if you were buying exactly. a computer that's on the other end of the spectrum yes you wouldn't yeah. expect you know you wouldn't want just a paragraph so I guess no. it probably really does depend um I think and, something... and I think and I think you've hit on something there as well is is um is how important the visual aspect is and how important the functionality of the piece is so um because obviously with a with a with the jumper you could explain in words sorry you can't get across in words how that jumper looks and that's almost the most important thing <laughs> whereas with a computer just a picture of the computer is not going to tell you how good it is yes and I think a way perhaps to tell if something's missing from your um product page whether it's visual or text is if you know people are asking you questions because I think if you're getting asked lots of similar so I've seen sometimes on someone's Instagram post where someone said how long is this or you know or Mm. what size does it go up to or, and, and I think if someone's asking you the same question over and over it probably means it's missing so you might yes, want to think yeah. adding that in <laughs> yeah absolutely that's direct feedback isn't it <laughs> okay so let's talk a little bit about um conversions we were we were touched on that earlier do you have any tips or I say do you I know you do Anna <laughs> what tips have you got for improving <laughs> conversions on your e-commerce site so um, yes, so I do have some tips. Um, first of all, I would say, make sure you're measuring it. Um, so enable, connect up with um, Google Analytics, make sure you're enabling e-commerce tracking, including e enhanced e-commerce, because that will give you so much data and so much information about, um, about not just what your conversion rate is, but why it's at that level. So you'll be able to break it down into lots of different areas. Um, and then, and then start to be able to look for, for clues as to what you can, what you can change and, and, you know, and, and the, the, the factors that affect it and, and which ones you might be able to impact. Um, and I would also say, um, track it regularly. So keep checking it. So, so you can, you can, um, test out different, um, different functions and see what effect they have on the conversion rate. Um, so one simple way to do that, for example, um, is um, if you look at, for example, if you look at the different channels um, that you have, that your um, the different traffic channels that people are using to visit your site, you'll have things like um, organic traffic. So ones that find you from SEO and you'll have like Instagram and you'll have um, Facebook and you'll be able to see where these people are coming from. And then you'll also be able to see what their conversion rate is. So um, you'll, if you find that certain channels give you a much higher conversion rate, then you know that those are the ones that you should be investing more marketing um, budget into. Um, so that's a that's a really simple and like non-technical way of um, increasing your conversion rate. Um, aside from that, there are a couple of quite simple things that I would say um, that you can do. So, for example, one is um, again these aren't technical um, things, but just make sure you have a really clear delivery and return policy because that's that presents a barrier to purchase if it's not known by by customers so um just make sure that that's super super clear so that that um so that there's to remove that barrier um things like uh payment methods making sure that paypal um you've got different payment methods um, available on your site so paypal is one of them google pay apple pay um just make it really easy for people to, to, to buy on your site. Um, and then another one is very important. Check your site on mobile. Um, make sure that it is, is, that it's functioning on mobile and that, um, um, and that the majority of your customers are going to be able to 
to use your site and browse and and then also um, to buy. Oh, thank you so much for all of that. It's, um, and I think a lot of what you touched on there was all about creating a, like a really easy experience for the customer. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you'd want to mention around that sort of how to make like, the, you know, the journey for the customer as pleasant and as straightforward as possible? Um, yes. So I think with um, when you're thinking about the customer journey, um, you always also want to think about the, the sales funnel. So um so when uh, at first you want to be um, attracting people to your site, you just want them to you just want them to visit your site. And then the next stage is that you want them to browse different products. And then um, and then the stage after that is that you want them to be adding those products to cart. And then the stage after that is checking out. Um, so this is so if you think about the journey in that way, um, then you can think about how you can how you can get as many people as possible to the next stage. Um, so, for example, if you um, if you have a lot of people um, finding you through um, a, a, a blog post, for example, then you want to make sure that um, so you've got lots of people arriving to your site. Brilliant. How are you going to hook them in so to also get them browsing? How um, so you're going to need links back into your store. Make sure that the, the blog post is optimized so that it's also then drawing um, the people that found that blog post into further into the store browsing your products so that they can they, you can kind of guide them onwards on that journey um, you don't want to for example distract them with um, with pop-ups let's say you've got them onto the you've got them from the blog post onto the product page you don't want a pop-up at that point saying hi subscribe to my newsletter because they're looking at your product and you want them to be um, following following on then to, to adding to cart and carrying on so um, so I think if you just kind of think about the customer journey in those terms, then it can then it can really, really help. That's really useful. Thank you. Um, and a little bit earlier, you, you were touching on payment options and I, I didn't even think about this, but is there, um, are there, are there sorts of, are there certain payment providers we should be adding to an e-commerce site or, or a sort of an op, or a number of options we should be given? I'm assuming that you shouldn't just make it so that everyone has to enter their card details because um, there are lots of, other options available now um but how yeah. do we go about thinking about that stage so um yeah so i think i, I mean uh, it, so this depends on which country you're selling to um assuming that most of your audience are going to be selling um in the uk um then you need to look at the most popular payment providers there so in the uk paypal is is, is one of them um it's it's really high up on them um, um, on the list of if you look at like the, the statistics on the transactions um, that are made online um, PayPal is is one of the the highest one of the most popular payment methods so it makes sense to have that on your site I know that a lot of small business owners don't really like PayPal because the fees are relatively high um, but if you think of it in terms of, a, of an investment that if you if you have it you can increase your conversion rate in your sales that much more so it, it is you need to kind of look at it as kind of a, almost a yeah, an investment cost rather than a an investment rather than a than a cost. Um, and other than that, anything that just makes it really really easy for people to buy. I think if you if if somebody has to go and get their credit card out and put all the details in and you put in the you know and find all the there's a, you know there's a lot to type in and I think that in itself is a bit of a a barrier to purchase as well. So you you really want to make that as easy as simple as possible. 
Yeah, thank you for that. And I, I know myself as a customer, um, I love using PayPal because all your details are saved and it also feels secure. If I have to actually sort of walk to the other room and get my purse out, <laughs> um, I know it sounds silly and I know it sounds also incredibly lazy, but there is that chance that I'll get waylaid on the on the way and um, it won't yeah, actually yeah. happen. So um, but, it's nice to know yeah. that I'm not alone. <laughs> you, you are definitely not alone in that. <laughs> Oh, good. So, so I guess adding PayPal is, is a good idea. And it's interesting you mentioned the fee because I have heard um, I have heard lots of small businesses say that, as you say, but I think that the fact that PayPal is something that customers trust, I guess we have to be thinking sometimes from the point of view of the customer rather yeah. than what we would prefer. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But if you have alternatives as well, then um, then that will then then maybe they won't use paypal maybe they'll use if it, i mean if they're shopping on a on an iphone and you have apple pay enabled then that's going to be the default payment method so um so you can think about that as as well um if you have a range of different payment options then then um then hopefully they'll choose one of the ones with the lower fees so if you can you can try and sort of make it make it easy for them in that way yeah and i'm assuming that um shopify goes gives you all of these options either as standard or as an add-on somewhere Yes. Yeah, exactly. You just need to set it up in the um, in the, the payments area. Perfect. And and can you as um, a store owner get any insight on, on which payment methods people are using? I know, of course, you can't see their payment details, um, but can you actually see how people are choosing to purchase? Is that something that's visible? It, it, it is visible. I'm not sure if it's available as one of the standard reports, but um, what you can do, and this is a bit long winded, but you could export all of your orders and then and then look at with data that way um to get an idea perfect yes if someone really wanted to know then you know they could yeah. go off and do that perfect thank yeah, you absolutely well thank you so much Anna um I've just got two more questions if that's okay mm-hmm. um the first is that I know you work with lots of small business owners um on their sites what are some of the common issues that you see and um do you have any sort of tips so that we can avoid them <laughs> as best yeah. as we can <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so the the top one that I see that um, is not having a clear enough um, uh, delivery policy. So sometimes, quite often, I'll look at the delivery page and it says, and it starts by saying something like, "Oh, I, I, so I go to the post office on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays." And <laughs> and and as from a from a customer point of view, all you want to know is how much does delivery cost and how long will it take to get here. Um, that's that's really all they want to know um, and then you can so if you put those at the, at the top make that most important most um most prominent and then you can put all the information about which delivery service you use and how often you dispatch deliveries and that kind of thing put that afterwards but if you think about um if you think about from the point of view of the customer how much it's going to cost and how long it's going to take for the parcel to arrive that's the that's the main thing that i think is um is important to say and also i would put that make it super clear on like your product pages and if you can put it all over your site that's ideal really put it in the footer maybe um because I, I think that makes a, a that makes a really big difference um another another thing closely related to that is um the having a, a not very customer friendly returns policy so i know that a, a lot of small business owners have been they've been stung by um like one or two or, or maybe more um sort of um um uh, issues with customers um, trying to trying to return things that you know maybe they shouldn't and 
I get it returns are a hassle nobody likes returns and and even you know nobody really wants to order things and send them back either from the customer point of view um if you have a returns policy that is very kind of unfriendly and and, and really gets across that that kind of <laughs> pain from the from the small business point of view um that's that I think what you need to do is kind of flip it over and think that the returns policy is actually um it's actually a sales it's a sales policy you want to again remove that barrier to, um, to purchase by saying that you know if you're not sure um buy it and then um and then if you don't like it you can always return it to me um that's you kind of customers want that reassurance that um if it doesn't work out then 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 they haven't really lost anything and if you think about the fact that the majority of people that buy something will actually not return it what you're doing by having a really clear returns policy um, a customer-friendly returns policy is um, is actually increasing your sales. Um, so, so that's yeah, that's those two things are, are very common. I see. Well, that's really helpful. Thank you. Because yeah, I can totally see what you're saying. Um, returns are a pain, but you're right. I think there's there are. I mean, I've got something sitting in my house now that I have to return. That I haven't. You know, it's coming up on the deadline just because it's such a pain to. The, yeah, the free yeah, returns yeah. label on and take it to the post. You're right. The customers don't like to return things. Um, no. But yeah, it's it's really hard, isn't it? I think sometimes um, as a business owner, you almost have to put your customer, you have to think of it as a customer as well, because you sort yeah. of, you can lose. I think it's really easy for all of us to lose sight of that. Um, yeah. And but I guess the way that we act as consumers and customers is probably similar to how other people act so I guess we just have yeah. to so thank you for te- for reminding us to remind ourselves <laughs> of that because that's so helpful <laughs> thank you so much for all you shared I've got one final question before we finish if that's okay I hope this isn't too tricky um which is what would your number one advice piece of advice be for somebody looking to set up their e-commerce store or perhaps even to optimize a store they have now um so um so my top piece of advice for somebody setting up their e-commerce store is um, done is better than perfect. Um, I see that um, it's you always want to, especially if you're creating a site and you, it's, it's kind of like it's, it's so important and to you and you really want to get it absolutely perfect before you launch it. Um, and actually launching the site is um it's, it's, it can be can feel really hard, even though it's just a case of kind of you know pushing the button to make it go live. It it you kind of want to just kind of tweak those last things and you know change, fiddle with some text here and um and and it can take a really really long time. Um, but I would say done is better than perfect. Just 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 do it. Um, don't let the self doubt um, kick in. Just just um just launch the site, um, and then. And get over that hurdle and just 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 do it um because then any commerce site is relatively fluid so you can you can iterate as you go so what you what you launch that first time is, is, is not necessarily going to be what it's going to look like in say six months to a year's time so it's just it, it's just um yeah just just getting over that that's really good advice thank you and I have to say you blew my mind a little bit early when you said about constantly refreshing your site because <laughs> Um, I'll be honest I launched my Shopify site years ago and of course there have been changes um, but as for the last time it had any kind of home page refresh <laughs> I couldn't even tell you um, but I think knowing that we should be doing that regularly I think probably make hopefully makes it easier for people to sort of press the button to make it go live knowing that yeah. it's something that can and should 
be updated yeah. anyway because you're right it can you know it can really hold you back can't it wanting to get everything perfect yeah um, exactly so such, you can do. yes so thank you for that I think that's fantastic advice you're welcome and what about I'm um, sorry I did say that was the last question but I thought of one more what about if there's someone has a site now um is there anything really quick they could do that just just try to, to see if it makes a difference um to optimize it um yeah well I, I think um this goes back to looking at your analytics um working out what your what your conversion rate is and trying to work out what factors are really affecting it that's that's going to be the your first point of call work out what the factors are and then see how how you can you can change those and it might it might not be so google analytics won't necessarily give you all the answers and say you need to change this here and and update this and and um but it will give you clues so um i think the the first thing is to to look at that and then the second thing is just to test the different things out test things out um and then um and then check track your numbers and see if it's making making a difference if the numbers are going the right way if they are you've got clear a clear read on um on, on continuing and, and on that being success and if they're not then you know you need to try something else so it's all just about testing testing and evaluating that's great thank you and I think like you say just looking at analytics and getting an idea is really helpful just to see sort of at what point people leave your site um mm. you, I think you can get a bit lost in it actually there's so much on there um <laughs> it can, yeah. as well, can't it? but I yeah. think it's good to it know um, yeah. because I think it's really easy I mean Shopify if you use that does give you some data but it's quite limited in terms you mm. know it's just you know how many people have visited today and how many mm. have brought something but it is quite good to know as you say at what point are you losing people if they're not mm. choosing to buy something because I guess that would be the page maybe to to focus on yeah yeah exactly well, that's so helpful thank you so much for all that um, you've shared today Anna I really do appreciate it oh thank you it's been it's been a pleasure and finally Anna and I promise this is the last question um can you just talk us through some of the things you can do to help small business owners with their e-commerce sites yeah of course so um I offer um so my most popular package is um is the business boost which includes um a site audit um basically reviewing your reviewing the customer facing sites and also the uh, analytics data and then working out um which areas um could be improved and how you can um, increase your conversion um, and um, and then I also offer uh, for for small businesses that are just starting out I also offer power hours where I do um, I can I can look at a range of different issues if there's any sort of specific issue that you're facing and I also do pre-launch site reviews so that um, if you've created a, a, a Shopify site by yourself and you're not quite sure if it's if it's ready to go or if there's anything you just want to have a um, an extra extra pair of eyes have a look at it and tell you that it's it's ready to to launch um, I also offer that now as well Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much, Anna. And I, as I say, I will link to your website in the show notes so everyone can come and find you really easily if they'd like to take a look at any of those services. So thank you again. Lovely. Thank you so much. Hi, thank you so much for listening. As always, I would absolutely love to know what you thought of this episode. Please do remember to rate and view the show and also, most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And as a reminder, I release a new episode every single Friday. So take care and look forward to speaking to you again then.
If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.